Hello and welcome back to another episode of I Saw You Liked This. You are once again here with Annabelle and Gariba. And today we are talking about dating. Ooh la la. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're really excited about this episode. So excited that we have split it into two because um, there's just so much to talk about. Um, but this week, the thing that we saw um is that what is that what we call it the thing that we saw the thing that we liked this week. <laughs> the thing that we liked yeah the thing that we liked and saw was the ebc um video of hassan minaj um and he had a lie detector test um, yeah. lie detector thing attached to him um and they asked him a question as to whether he thought was it that he thought he was more whether he thought he was more attractive than someone else or who he thought was more attractive like one person or another so he it was like it's i think it's one of those like vanity fair things yeah. um videos and he gets asked like if how he would rate um Dax Shepard who yes. is i think Kirsten Bell's husband yes. or partner i'm not sure that they're married yeah partner i guess um yeah, so he gets asked, like, how would you rate him? And, like, do you think that you're more attractive than Dax? And Hassan's just like, mm, I would rate Dax, like, a 6.75 or something. <laughs> and it's quite harsh, but it's quite funny, because yeah. then he goes on to make another point that, um, <clears throat> like, he, 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 like, he's, Dax is one of those guys that, like, white men that have mm. this kind of, like, um, you know, like dad bod, kind of cute, average looking guy that has been yeah. um accepted. But that's not necessarily the case for um people like men of colour mm-hmm. and especially men of colour in Hollywood where like you have to be like literally look like Hassan Minaj or like Like a god. Or, like like a Idris god. Elba. Idris Elba, yeah, exactly. Or you're some guy that works in IT and like a nerd and completely unfu- unlovable. <laughs> Caught yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Um and yeah, but he was basically saying there's no in between for men of colour but um average like in quote unquote average white men are more widely accepted as attractive. So he was like, for instance, um what's his name? Blake? something the guy who sang footloose like the country singer got um got named um world sexiest man man you know they do like sexiest man of the year or something yeah and he got voted it and he was just like well how (laughs) like who who decided um and um but it was it was just a really interesting video because he again he was on the lie detector the whole time and it like it did not so waver funny. and at the end they were like okay well he told no lies <laughs> no lies were told no lies were told it was all true like um and it just come i think he mentioned and this is one of the points we were going to talk about is that it comes down to um the eurocentric beauty standards both within um of color communities and and outside as well yeah and I think it I don't know if it's do you do you think that it's much different for like masculine presenting people or feminine presenting people 
because obviously Hassan's talking specifically about like it's it's difficult for men of color to to be mm. seen as attractive unless they are absolute ten out of tens. Um, I think I can speak to black women. I know that black women are often often fetish fetish fetishized fetishized. What's the word? Fetishized. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wouldn't say it was harder for black women but it's difficult in a different way yeah um so like maybe we are more accepted um as a beauty standard but not not necessarily for the right reasons it's more like we're people are obsessed with without sounding like to up myself (laughs) because i'm not talking about me personally i'm just you could see it's like playing this day to see like people are obsessed with like the big big bum or like big boobs curvy features Mm. or or like the the kardashians for instance are just such a great example not great but yeah they very um well depict what i'm talking about is um as appropriating a a culture or uh female black woman features um but then the black women themselves are not celebrated they're not like loved in in that way it's just that people like bits and pieces of them but never never themselves so um I think, yeah, I think it's difficult in a different way, but there are, I do think it's definitely harder in the sense that we were talking about the Eurocentric standards, um, for men of color because, um, there's not so much they can do to, to change themselves if they, if they wanted to. I see what you mean. Like, I guess women are like a lot more like commodified and sort of sold as like these, like we are just sexualized more than men anyway. Yeah. So I guess we are, it's a little bit harder for, I guess, men of color. And it's interesting because I have this one um, colleague who is a man of color and he was, we were like talking and he was like, he, he like grew up getting bullied for like his hooked, like South Asian nose. And, right. um, and it's weird because like he like literally was telling me like he grew up thinking that he was like ugly or whatever. But like when you look at him, like he is objectively handsome. Mm. And it's crazy how much like he internalized that. And I think I think I don't know, I've experienced that as well. Maybe maybe not as much as men of color do, but I think it is hard like when you have like all these beauty standards that just don't represent your features and Yeah then you never get celebrated and you think that you're ugly. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, well, it was like, um, again, going back to our more my boarding school experience and <clears throat> being with mostly white white girls, you, you mm-hmm. come to see what is considered attractive by the, the boys that you are around. So then you come to just assume that that must be what attractive is and if you are not it you are not attractive like if there's lots of tall slim blonde girls and that's all the guys that go for that's then... literally what my school was like yeah like and like, was no. like a supermodel essentially yeah literally there's so many tall slim uh, blonde and brunette girls and that's if that's what the guys go for then you're like oh okay well that that is what is attractive then mm-hmm. and it did take me a really really long time to consider myself as 
beautiful as I know I am now um because <laughs> because be- because of that and it's you know you p- people are allowed to be attracted to whoever they want to be, want to be attracted to like this is not to say um that there 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 shouldn't be people who are attracted to blonde slim women or or otherwise but it does definitely take a toll when everything you see even if it's like mo- like movies <laughs> movies we watch uh tv shows we're uh, exposed to um like that movie that came out a couple of years ago what was it called the duff designated ugly ugly fat friend mm-hmm. was what it stood for and like the the girl who was called the duff was like she was uh quite a horrible brunette thing to say, short it's horrible, isn't it? It's really <laughs> yeah. horrible. A, it's a, a classic Netflix trash movie. Oh, but like the the Duff friend, she was in her group. She was like the shorter. She was brunette. She was a bit um, chubbier than her friends. Um, and I was like, if you're constantly fed that narrative, mm. even though at the end of the movie, like the really fit guy, like fell in love with the Duff and blah, 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 classic, all of that trash <laughs> um if that's the narrative you're constantly fed that that's the narrative that you you end up internalizing. internalizing so i do see what your friend your colleague rather was on about yeah and i think also like you mentioned everyone has like i guess their own specific types yeah. but you we can't pretend that your types aren't influenced by what we view in the world and 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 that also being a product of like colonial thinking and colonial versions of what attractive is and then also to like then take it further like how are black and brown men portrayed in mass media and how 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 does that make people feel like I remember there was this one conversation that I had with someone and they were like oh I would never go for like a a brown man because I feel threatened by them in general Jesus, and it's like this idea that like brown men come from places that terrorists come from means that you would never like you have to really like undo that thinking before you would then be able to find someone who is objectively attractive as an attractive person and a potential like partner or whatever um but like the associations that are like made between brown men for that and then like black men with like gangs and you know drug crimes and stuff it's just i feel like that also has a massive part to play in how we view men of color yeah for sure and also that comes to the the eurocentric beauty standards like within the communities mm-hmm. as well because i know being raised around um a majority white community that then formed my opinion of what i found attractive to the point where i would i spent like a few years being like yeah i'm just not really attracted to to black men which is really? super damaging, yeah. Because I was just like, well, I didn't, I didn't know many or yeah. any, and the ones I didn't did know again, like, because what I was exposed to was like the Idris Elbas of the world. I was like, that's that, that, that level yeah. of attractiveness. I don't see any others, and then I'd see like a whole spectrum of white men. So I got used to, like, I was able to adjust what I thought was attractive in that but if I saw anything less than an Idris Elba in a in a black man because they're not portrayed in that as not who I grew up around <clears throat> then I just yeah I didn't find it attractive and it was really quite I'm glad I'm not in that phase anymore because that was bad 
I'm, yeah, and it I'm takes a long time to myself undo, for, 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 for saying, for, yeah, for saying things like that, but and writing off an entire race of wonderful people. Um, and, and like the sad thing is like, that's your own race. Exactly. Right? That was what was more, that was what was more sad. It was that to the point where I, I didn't, but then I guess it just, there's more reflection in that. And it's like, did I even find myself attractive? And I don't think I did. So I was, yeah. I think it was more like, um, uh, like mirroring or what's the word? Re- ref- not projecting. Reflecting. Projecting. Thank you. You're so helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here projecting. All yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please never leave me. Um, <laughs> um, I was definitely projecting my own insecurities into what I, what I thought of as um, what was attractive, and since I didn't find myself attractive then I was like well then maybe it's just maybe it's like all of us which is actually quite sad um but I don't think that now I think I'm damn beautiful and I think there's many 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 beautiful people out there all beautiful in our own ways and you're stunning mate absolutely stunning 10 out of 10 you're an Idris Elba of the world gosh we're just so great what did you say you're an Idris Elba of the world (laughs) (laughs) That is such a yeah. great compliment. I am taking that to the grave. Yeah. <laughs> On the tombstone. The Idris Elba <laughs> of the millennials. Yeah. But I completely relate when you when you say like you didn't find yourself attracted. Like I remember like growing up and like my sister and I would sometimes talk about like getting, you know, a nose job because we didn't like our big noses or like and especially like I think there there's like, you know, the ski jump nose that's like small petite little like is that nose. what it's called yeah and it's just like, it's, like small and like pointy and like it's so dainty and then like being like brown and then like having like big bulkier features you don't feel dainty or yeah pretty in that way um and then also like there's so much oh my god like inside the community there's so much like colorism it's mm. unbelievable um I'm not particularly like dark skinned, but I still like when we went to India, people would be like, you'd be so much more attractive if you were a little bit lighter. Wow. Um, so I don't even know how hard it must be and how much it must like eat away at people that are actually dark skinned. Mm. Um, and like skin lightening products are so bad. Like they just, they ruin your skin like crazy. It's just like bleaching your, your skin, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and that's part of it. So like, there's you know the aim to become lighter in maybe our some of our communities but then there's you know people you know wanting to tan and be darker and get that like darker in skin Western and that really, right? that really pisses me off not to say I need to clarify actually wanting to be tan not a bad thing you know what do you get your olive skin but there are just there are people there are there are it's really hard to explain there are people who just take it too far like you know there's those people oh, who yeah. literally look black but you know they're not black it's just because they're caked in fake tan and you're just like why yeah why have you done this to yourself and it, it makes me sad actually i'm like because why are you not why are you that unhappy in your own skin that you would want to but i don't know that that's necessarily them being unhappy in their skin i think it's just the the accessibility to take things from 
like other aesthetics that you think uh, you can manifest, right? Yeah, true. But so, I, like, to me, that just says that you want to be something out that you're unhappy with what you with what you have. Okay. So you want to be darker. I don't know. There's a, I almost need to look. We need like a guest <laughs> and to interview someone. <laughs> to interview someone who like has excessive tanning. Um. But yeah, there are extremes on on both ends of the, of the yeah. spectrum. And, you know, I guess it just comes down to like, how do you feel about yourself and how do you feel good and sexy and beautiful in yourself yeah. before you start actually venturing out into, into like relationships and stuff? I don't think I always was very, like, I, I don't know, like, I don't think I ever really thought of myself as someone that is beautiful. Um, and you are. Why? Thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, but I just didn't always feel that, and I think that kind of manifested in like how I viewed myself in relationships as well. Right. Um, like I just would be okay with. Um, I had a long-term partner, and he like never ever compliment. Like he would never be like, "Oh, you're beautiful." I mean, like, and I was okay with that because I didn't feel like I was. And I think that's quite sad. <laughs> <laughs> this is when we've been filming us would be so much better because I'm silent but my sad. My face is just like, Wah! Yeah. <laughs> so sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how, how do you feel about, like, yourself and, like, entering spaces of potential romanticisms? Um, I think similar to what you said but in um because I didn't think of myself as a tra- as attractive as I do now I just didn't put myself out there as much um I was quite happy with my with my friends just like living my best <laughs> living my best life as I always say um I didn't really put myself into the d- the dating realm until like quite it's late on in comparison to um, some of my friends. Not for one of trying, just to clarify. Like I did, I did try. I think uh, I did like fancy guys at school and stuff, but it wasn't until being an all-girls school doesn't help. And then going to... <laughs> being an all-girls um, school and being like hetero probably does Yeah. Yeah, it does not help. Um, yeah, so true, actually. Good clarification. But then, <laughs> um, going to um, going to uni, I was like, oh my God, there are so many boys. But I was still just like <laughs> discovering myself. So again, I wasn't like, I didn't try and date. I was just like, oh, if something comes to me, Mm. then great I'll, like, I'll explore it if that's if they're someone that seems interesting but otherwise I'll just I'll just keep doing me um and then I got into my first relationship in summer of first year going into second year um, and I think because I was still working on myself similar to you but like almost the slightly more, maybe the opposite just that there was someone who was telling me how beautiful I was and how great I was. I was kind of just like blinded to the major red flags that were, that were, that he was displaying just because I was like, Oh, I haven't had someone tell me that I'm beautiful. And he's, 
and this person has come along and they've said it so early on. Like we weren't together very long, thank God. Um, but <laughs> it was oh, it was truly awful. But um, but it was just because they were they were so like flower like shower you in compliments and like you're so great. Oh my goodness! And then but then it just it, I think I, I I like switched on. Not long after, I was like, oh wait, no, this is this is actually pretty pretty alarm belly um got the heck out of dodge um and since then i've just kind of nice phrase and since then since my aunts (laughs) you'll make her listen to this one now um and since then i've kind of just been gone back to yeah trying to feel good in myself um enjoying taking life as it comes we're still so young Mm -hmm. um there's so much to learn about myself um and yeah, so then I've been putting myself in and then moving, finishing uni, finishing master's, moving home again, not of the most um, helpful environment for for dating. So now I've moved to um, where I'm living now. I don't feel like I should, I don't feel like I should give that away. <laughs> I realised, I was like, mm, I just shouldn't tell people where I live. <laughs> no, I <laughs> now i've moved to here um um, i'm like um um, and i'm not living at home i feel it's much more it's much easier to date and i'm also just in a better place um Mm. for me amazing i think that element of like practicing self-love and like continuously like decolonizing what we view as attractive is it's like a lifelong thing isn't it like you just have to yeah. it's like a daily practice um at least it is for me like I feel like I've had to remind myself what isn't isn't attractive on a daily I feel like I'm also in a very like so the the county that I live in is like 94% white so trying to date here is extremely difficult. Um, yeah. Is but, that because you want to date um, other people of color, or is it because what? Why is that? Why is that difficult? I um, it's not that I want to specifically date people of color. Like I would obviously prefer if I didn't have to like explain the racism that I experience. Yes. Um, Good lord, yes. Or get fetishized <laughs> accidentally, or get like have people like just say kind of flippant things. Because I've like in my last relationship, when I thought it was a good one, um, until I moved to a city that was far more diverse, and there were like people that were like actually willing to learn how to like pronounce my name correctly. Because um, yeah. like my ex never learned how to pronounce my name correctly. Um, which, like, in retrospect, I'm like, what the hell kind of behavior is that? Um, I remember when you first told me that I really, I really needed to take a few moments <laughs> to be like, yeah. the audacity to not even try. And how long were you together? Like four and a half years. Four and a half years. And you don't yeah. even try to pronounce your girlfriend's name. Correct. I mean, like, and it, like, he always had the argument of like, oh you know like i'm an adult like it's harder for me to learn how to pronounce things now and like fair enough like okay like your brain synapses work in that way but the fact that he never tried was really it like bothered me a lot because but i think also because there was like all of this internalized like 
white supremacy in myself, I never felt that that was something that I needed to push for until I entered a space where people were just doing that of their own volition, you know? Yeah. And um, I remember there would be like a couple of times where I'd like, uh, like he never watched like a South Asian movie with me. He like would just say like, no, absolutely not doing that. Um, And um, there was also like one time, this was like three and a half years into the relationship. I asked him to like come to like one, um, it's like it's called Holi and it's like the festival of colors. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "No, that sounds so weird." <laughs> and <sighs> like I literally had to like, I bought him the ticket. I like basically had to beg him to come, and he had a oh great time in the end. And then at the end of like the whole thing, obviously, was like, yeah, obviously, because it's a nice time. Like, yeah, decolonize yourself, bro. Um, um lol. Um, but then at the end, he, I was like, so how did you find that? Um, and he was like, it was fun, but I would never do that again. Oh my God. Yeah. And there was just a lot of things like that, that I, because I felt that I was asking a lot of him and I thought that we were in like a better interracial relationship. I never yeah. realized actually that that's kind of racist. Yeah. How damaging it actually is. Yeah. And I th- and also think you never want to be that person that was with somebody who actually was a racist. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you never yeah. want to be that person that has had those experiences. So, like, admitting that what, like, took a long time. Um, and it took me, like, being in a space where there were people that were willing to, like, and, and happily engage in, like, activities that weren't from their own culture and, like, happily willing. And, like considering that i came from like literally an international school where we had so much cultural exchange it just like blows my mind how much um british imperialistic kind of colonial ideas i i must have ingested at boarding school yeah and internalized then so to answer the question that you originally asked which we are a long i can't even remember what the question was <laughs> um, i don't think that i am looking you. just to date like people of color Oh yes, that was my question. Um, but it would be nice to not have to like go through that again because it's taken a. Yeah. It's like it's still something that I'm learning to forgive myself for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, also, it's just it's not like he was um, racist from the get go, and you just like ignored it. It's just yeah. it was like little things that built up yeah. over time, and you were, I guess hoping that that wouldn't be the case for much longer or he'd want to try or or something like we've I feel like we've a lot of us have been been there um Mm -hmm. but I'm glad glad you realize that that is not for you and you're not in that situation anymore um but yeah people um I have to I sometimes have to explain this to or I've explained this to people before about how dating is just that that much little that little bit harder for people of color because you you have to do like the racism check which is which can come at any point (laughs) like um and it's just like another hurdle like not only do I have to look out for all the red flags and you know are they a decent human being are they a serial killer all of that stuff just I then have to, as a woman just <laughs> like, yeah yeah i uh, then I have to add attacked <laughs> yeah literally i then have to add oh but are they racist and not even like full-blown kkk racist because those <laughs> you can see coming and i yeah. can avoid you 
easy. It's the it's the the subtle racists. Yeah. The ones that either um have just so much internalized white supremacy um that they they don't even realize they're being racist, which is a lot harder to to navigate. Or mm-hmm. the people who just make comments, like you said, like, oh, I just don't want to, I don't feel like I need to learn your name, for instance. Or like, I had someone who asked me once, like, we were at dinner, and I was talking about <clears throat> my family in Nigeria. And he goes, um, Annabelle, are your, are your family in Nigeria um, poor? Oh my God, like, ew. What kind of question like, is that? I was like, what does that even, what? Like, what? What? And like it took me so long to be like, wait, what? <laughs> and I was like, like, what are you actually asking? Yeah, literally. And I was like, I don't really understand your question. Like, your question is simple, but it's also very much not. Because I was like, and, and I should have said this to him at the time, but I was, I was talking to friends about it. And I was like, but you would never, what's so damaging about that question is that you would never ask anyone else that question like You'd imagine never you're just... like mm, i'm from manchester oh are your family in manchester poor like that's yeah, not something like, that would happen it's never a conversation you have about someone's financial family's financial standing like that's so invasive first of all but why are you assuming why is that your default why have you automatically assumed that they are poor? and even if you have assumed that like how how do you have the audacity to actually ask it as well like there's so many levels jeez legit and then there was another time a different person um where they like i'd like kiss them after a date or whatever and then they had my foundation like around their their face i was like oh sorry and he was like ill <laughs> <What are you? laughs> literally <laughs> he was like ill now i have to go and wash my face and i was like oh my god that really stuck with me for such a long time because I was like oh my god I was so self-conscious after that of like my foundation going anywhere like I really thought of I like then became really self-conscious about taking my foundation off because you know when you like just even in front of friends because you know when you like take it off with a whatever like a wipe or whatever and it comes and it's like it's like browner than other people when they take their foundation off. So I just become but darker that, than other people. I know, I know, but because after it's just because of the way he said "ill," like it just had so many oh, repercussions. No. Just that one small but very very big comment. I was like, "You piece of shit." So obviously, I stopped seeing him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of guess that like leads us on to like this idea of like what what do you compromise on and what do you settle for because you know there's that like clip of Eartha Kitt and she's like "Mm, compromise for a man and then she starts (laughs) laughing and it's the best thing ever (laughs) um I don't know like I think it just depends on the person and what the compromise what the compromise is um I'm trying to think of what I've compromised on in the past Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can think oh actually I can think of a few things I've compromised on Um, people's religion or religious beliefs Mm -hmm. um, that is something I currently am willing to to compromise on um, just because I 
think that everyone is very much entitled to believe whatever they want to believe and I'm not going to force my beliefs on other people but um, as long as they're not trying to convince me that my beliefs are wrong yeah then I have no qualms with you believing or not not believing it's the same with same with friends I have like you can be an atheist you can be um, Muslim uh, Jewish Catholic whatever but as as long as you accept that I am well, like I am practicing Christian, then you can, then we can get on quite harmoniously. Yeah. Um, in that sense, so that's something I could compromise on dietary requirements. I can also compromise. Wow, <laughs> can also compromise on that. It's oh worth giving. <laughs> I'm so flexible. <laughs> Just because I'm a like a very much a meat eater and some people can't um date those who don't eat meat for instance or Mm. vice versa that's okay Mm. i like i think it's so important that you as a person define what you can and cannot compromise on so for Mm -hmm. me like i absolutely will not compromise on like i absolutely have to date someone that is a feminist yeah um i absolutely have to date someone that like is committed to like being anti-racist yeah i absolutely will not compromise on like being who i am and i think that that comes from having been in a relationship that was actually fairly toxic like that ended up putting trying to like minimize me and put me into like a a bit of a box and Mm -hmm. i literally like couldn't fit in a single box and I, i think that's something that I'm never willing to compromise on, like my sense of identity and like who I am and um, the fact that I will continuously grow in ways that I don't even necessarily know. So if they don't have room to, for me to grow and, and I don't have room for them to grow, then it, it will never work. Um. <laughs> That was beautiful. <laughs> we can just cut my answer out and leave yours in. <laughs> I said, I, I agree with Kavita. Whatever she said, I concur. <laughs> Literally, what she said. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, to all of that. Snaps. Snaps to Kavita. Wow. Why, thank you. I'm curtsying and bowing yeah. at the same time right now. <laughs> beautiful said. Yeah. And I think that like the settling element, like you get to define that for yourself and it like you don't want to settle for someone that like specifically for you, Annabelle, like you don't want to settle for someone that's going to make you feel about bad about eating meat. And that's like, (laughs) no, that's something that you get to decide and define for yourself in it. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting because I've definitely had conversations with friends before about um, like relationships and, you know, like because I've been single for a while that it'll come up sometimes like oh but don't you want to be in a don't you want to be in a relationship and I'm like well it's not a case of not wanting to be in a relationship I just don't want to settle for a piece of trash like that's, <laughs> that's that like is... it's not like I cannot be in a relationship I'm sure I can like go on an app today find someone who's mega desperate and get into a relationship with them this within a week, thing. two weeks tops. Like it's it's very easy to get into a relationship, but that's not that's not the point. That's not why I'm here. Um I'm 100%. not I'm not I don't want to settle. I have standards. It's not and also it's not a, it's not a matter of being picky 
either. I think people love to say, oh, you're so picky. Like maybe if you weren't so picky, me, me, me. no, I just have standards. I know what I do and do not want. Yeah. <laughs> <And> then, yes. <laughs> another round of applause for us. And then, That's and if, if, honestly. If someone's, if someone's not meeting those standards, then then that's that. Like, I don't think it's a case of, um, oh, I got told recently that I was, um, I should be more patient with, with someone, but they like repeatedly disrespected my boundaries. So why should I be more, why should I be more patient? What, so you can so, c- like, if continue you had, doing it? If that's it? repeatedly, then already you've been fairly patient. Well, exactly. Um, but they didn't seem to, they just wanted more time or whatever. And you know what? That's that's on them. I hope they find someone who is then more is more patient um, with them because there are people out there who are, but that's just that's just not me. Um, and so that's, yeah, the, I think, like I think women that date men also exclusively should not give that space, like because to, to men because like the bar is so low for men. To be honest, <laughs> how are you going to repeatedly disrespect someone's boundaries? Mm-hmm. And then say, I think you should be more patient with me. Excuse you. Yeah, I like, should have had more time. If you time. had no, just you respected shouldn't. somebody's boundaries that you communicated clearly, yeah. then you wouldn't be in the situation. Like, it's also yeah. just like respect women, like yes. as full human beings. And it, like, it's I just, like, I just think it's sometimes it's so difficult. Like, I've made a joke um, that like the bar is so low that men are sometimes like, it's a game of limbo. <laughs> right? And I said this to a guy on a date and he was like, for me, it's pole vault. And then, <laughs> lo and behold, surely in, in the end, it was another game of limbo. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Always like, trying to—they're always trying to beat the next, the next trash man. <laughs> they're like, how much lower can I drop this bar? Or it's like, how much marginally better can I be than the yeah. absolute bottom? Yes, 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 yes. That and, it's is like, so... and it's supposed to be like a good thing that you're not absolute trash. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Thank you for being like the baseline decent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Literally, there are so many guys out there who are like, oh, but, you know, I did, I treated you nicely. I did this. I bought you drinks or I oh, like, gave I you didn't my gaslight time. You. And you're I like, didn't okay, body shame you. you. Sorry? Like, I didn't gaslight you and I didn't body shame you. And it's like, oh, congratulations. You want a gold sticker for that? legit like oh i didn't i wasn't racist i just said bar or like i didn't <laughs> i wasn't sexist i just don't think women should you know what does someone else say recently i'm reading this book called um invisible women you know the one with the data on um and how uh, proving how it's a world built for men yeah. um and i told someone i was reading that book and they were like do you really think the world is built for men and i was like well, I'm only on page one, but absolutely yes. I've read the little back part of the book. And yeah, the conclusion, yeah. yes. Oh, I've read the blurb, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, well, I, I disagree. I was like, okay, well. <laughs> that's nice bye now mm-hmm. <laughs> um and i was like how about you read the book because maybe you need some extra educating and then you can come back to me and tell me what you what you think um but yeah so many so many men are like i'm just i'm, I'm not wasn't that bad like i i did all of this stuff and i'm like yeah but i don't want not that bad <laughs> I, want, <laughs> I want i'm not settling for not that bad i want more than 
more than that. I don't want to live a subpar life. That's not what I'm here for. I'm not You're giving you subpar, thrive. so I don't want to receive subpar in return. Yeah. And I think like some men get a bit threatened if like you know exactly who you are and like what you want and mm-hmm. stuff. Like then they're like, mm, mm, I guess I can't emotionally manipulate this person. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally <laughs> That is literally it. There's so many people who are like, Oh no, but I do I love that I love a strong woman. I love that you're strong but and then there's always a but but i feel like you shouldn't have spoken to me like that or i feel like you should do this and instead me 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 and i was like no there's no but sorry this strength that's what it's a whole package it's not like <laughs> you get bits of it when you like it and when you don't like it you're like no 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 i think you should be less strong now yeah and this is all in sir in my last relationship like i w- my strengths were never celebrated mm. Um, you know, so whenever I did achieve something or did something good or something, um, or was like d- doing like an initiative to help other people, like that was never something that was championed. That was never something that was celebrated. And, and like, that's actually quite horrible that you, you're not, never celebrated. Like, I remember like I literally got my job offer, like sitting next to my ex and he was not happy for me. That's just so mad. And it's just like weird because it's like my success doesn't mean anything about you Mm. but I think there is still this like lingering narrative that like um you know like and it's it's not really as bad as it was like in the 80s and 90s that like a man should like be the provider and whatever but there is still this element of like and it it comes from like toxic masculinity like that this man is supposed to be like macho or whatever and if you haven't done that internal uh, internal like unraveling of your own personal toxic masculinity then you're just going to be mean and manipulative and emotionally gaslighting and or neglectful to your partner and that I think is quite horrible but I don't think that that's limited just to men no definitely not but it just makes me wonder like if you're like from um your ex's point of view like why was he in in that relationship like if you can't be happy for the person you're with and you can't treat them with like the decent respect that they deserve like what are you what are you doing yeah well, he was a piece of shit anyway. He broke up with me. But I, like, I literally told him, I was like, I need to go on a break because I felt so emotionally drained. Yeah. Um, and then the break finishes. Like, the uh, we, we said, like, oh, we'll touch base in, like, a week and sort of see how we feel and stuff. Yeah. And at the essentially, so at that point, he literally sends me a breakup text message after four and a half years via text message. Christ. Like, absolutely. POS. <laughs> wow um and this is like literally like after i told him like you have sucked all of like my energy out of me and mm. i like i just i have nothing to give you anymore um, so he sent you a text so he sent me a text and i i do think that a lot of the time men aren't equipped to deal with their own emotions and then they use their partners as emotional crutches um mm, to navigate goodness him. me I had to navigate him through so much Um, and it was obviously very exhausting because I left no energy for myself then Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's also interesting but that's again 
got to maintain your standards. Like you can lay them out at the beginning of the relationship, but like if you're not keeping them, mm. you're gonna get sucked into something. Like so, you've got to be able to like again. It's that radical sort of like self love that you, you use as like a daily practice. Yeah, God, that thing about being an emotional crutch is so so on point. But I'm tempted to leave it for the the next episode. So how coming from that relationship, how have you grown since then? Like how have you worked on yourself? Like what have you what have you learned more about yourself? And and what are you gonna what have you been doing in the forward thinkings? Mm, an excellent question. And I've been thinking about this a lot. So I've been like single for like a year and maybe a half now. Mm-hmm. Um, and like okay the relationship was not good um, there were definitely toxic elements and there was definitely like a lot of neglect but it wasn't obviously it wasn't like all traumatic and it wasn't all bad um, yeah. but I, I did feel that I compromised on, on who I was a lot just to facilitate his version of me um, and I guess I've learned that um you can't you can't sacrifice who you are for the illusion of love mm. um because on the surface it was like okay like we've we're in this long term relationship and therefore things must be good right and so yeah. you're under this illusion that it's it's okay but you've got to be able to like and like i knew for a long time that i wasn't happy I knew for a long time and I I guess learning to trust my intuition because I think also as women we we are socialized to sort of like distrust our intuition um, when it comes to these things and learning to do that has been has been a journey and I I do think that like my experience of working in the cafe the coffee shop as a barista um, and and being around people that was so willing to make space for for just like the weird parts of who I am and like the <laughs> like the crooked corners and stuff like that you know like I don't fit into a box and I realized that I I don't have to accept that little like corner that I was being made to sort of fit into and I'm and it's okay if I like overflow and whatever um and I just guess going from that um has been quite nice like I'm able to like dance around in my flat in my underwear like uh, an absolute hooligan on my own and like I love that and I wasn't able to do that before um and and so I feel like there's a lot of hmm self-love yeah is coming and I feel nice about that yeah not to say that um when I think about what happened it doesn't still hurt because it does yeah um I mean, like, I'm over the relationship, I'm over him, but I'm not necessarily over the hurt element. Yeah. But yeah. All in your own time. Yeah, man. Um, what about you? I agree. Yeah, I agree. The trusting your instincts and trusting your gut is a is a big thing because everyone has, like, a gut instinct. And it's just whether you choose to listen to it or ignore it. Um, and I know I, over the years I've definitely ignored ignored things that I've then resulted in um not great dating scenarios or getting hurt or whatever um but I think that's just all part of the learning process to be honest um I don't regret ignoring 
my gut, I guess, because now, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> and um, and now I'm in a place where I'm just like, mm, no, that feels wrong. And I know exactly why it feels wrong. And like, I can, I can identify it and, um, words, I can identify it and then address it and then move on or deal with it there and then like nip it in the bud sort of thing um so yeah I'm very proud of where we have have come um over the years I think we've done really well um and in the next episode we're going to talk about um is it the next one maybe it's one after that Irrel. the next dating Dating episode (laughs) yeah in dating part two when that will come we're going to talk about dating now and how how that's been for us um and i'm super excited for that episode as well thank you so much for listening to another episode of i saw you like this a big thank you to season for producing all the music on this podcast that's s-e-a-z-n they are a wonderful sibling duo who are making some pretty pretty sick beats so check them out if you can As always, we had a lot of fun recording this, so we hope you enjoyed listening as well. Please give us a follow on our Instagram page. Um, The at is just, I saw you liked this. Um, And there you can DM us, let us know what you thought of the episode. And also tell us if there's anything else you'd like us to talk about. But until then, see you next week, soon, around.